0: This episode is one of the realest things you will ever listen to. My name is Matt Brown. As we proceed to give you what you need. Trap our but can't lock our mind, just stuck. And let's start the show.
1: feeling weak already got me a peek possibility of what could be situation is heavy i got to prove on february 26 i lost my life too it's like i'm hearing a dark dream nightmare hearing screens recorded saying that it sound distorted but i know who it was that was me yelling for help when he in his blood why did not he defend himself why couldn't he throw a punch and then for community do you know what this does add to a trail of hatred 2012 was taken for the world to see Set us back another 400 years this is modern day slavery the reason why i'm by your house you Briefcase alone the couch. I plan on creeping through your damn door, blowing out every piece of your brain. To your son, to your arm. Cut off the engine and spin off. I'm it to switch And i to myself
0: is a better place because you are here to join us my name is matt brown and i am the host of the productive conversations podcast what's going on it's march 1st 2021 it's monday it's a new month we're getting closer to spring we're getting closer to the end of the pandemic we're getting closer to better days How's everybody doing? I am doing excellent because, again, you're tuned in. The greatest listeners in the world, thank you for making this possible for the 51st edition of the Productive Conversations podcast. Just some reminders, if you want to get all exclusive content on the Productive Conversations podcast, go to ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com and check out all we have to offer. Amazing podcasts, amazing videos, and we got incredible blogs written by me. Our merchandise store is up there. Thanks to our friends at Zazzle, you can get amazing merchandise. That involves the Productive Conversations podcast. Whether it's comfortable, amazing, and stylish apparel, we have office supplies, we have stickers, we have a lot of miscellaneous items, headphones, bags, towels, pillows. We got it all thanks to our friends at Zazzle for making it possible. And to get to our merchandise store, check out the links in the episode description below on all podcasting platforms and YouTube, or go to our website by going to Productive Conversations Podcast slash merchandise, and you can check out all the incredible things we have there with the incredible Productive Conversations Podcast logo. And don't forget to get a promo code. It's March now. Type in promo code MarchShop at checkout, and get 15% off all exclusive merchandise thanks to our friends at Zazzle. And also, don't forget to check us out on social media. Either go to Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, go to Twitter at Pod, or go to TikTok at Productive Conversations and check out all the amazing ways to see our content on various social media platforms. Again, that's Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, that's Twitter at ProdConvoPod, that's TikTok at productive conversations, and also follow me. I'm on Instagram at mattbrown300 and I'm at tw- on and I'm on Twitter at mattbrown31. And don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. And please leave a review. Let's get to it right away on this Monday, the first of March. We have one of the best episodes of this podcast so far. Every single episode is amazing, but this one has something worth listening to. It is essential listening. I have the. World-renowned Dre Gibbons on the Productive Conversations podcast, and we talk about a lot of real stuff, a lot of real issues, a lot of great stories, and a lot of humbling things to learn and get out of this show. It is simple as that. We talk about what we can learn out of relationships, both past and present. We talk about emotional intelligence, how this pandemic definitely was a horrible thing on our world, but it also humbly motivated us to do things better with this obstacle. And we overcame a lot of things from it. We talk about financial struggles. We talk about healthcare and student loan debt crisis that they give so many people. We talk about the importance of showing the worth of the black community putting diverse leaders in power. We talk about a lot of real stuff from empathy and sympathy and identity and understanding lessons learned from relationships past and present. And we talk about the realest movies, realest TV shows, realest songs we've ever watched or listened to. And we talk about a lot more important things on this very important but incredibly fun podcast. And simply, we have to just get to the show right now with it. Dre Gibbons, it's your turn. This is a special one. Let's get to it. This person is one of the greatest people I ever met in my life.
1: Let him know, and Matt. Let this, him know, Matt.
0: This person is through thick, thick, and thin. And we had quite a battle to get here from power outages last night to talk about Bro. some real life stuff in with everything going on in our lives. And through all yeah, that, yeah. he's here. One of the best podcasts and the most exciting podcast I've ever had. Everybody, I am so fortunate to introduce this guy, Dre Gibbons. Welcome to the Productive Conversations podcast, bro. How are you?
1: Yeah, I'm cold. I'm short. I'm bald, but I'm ready to go. I'm ready to play. So let's do it all day. Let's go i waiting for this. Yeah, I've been waiting for this. I've been, I'm actually really proud of you. I know, like, the pandemic was hard, and like, you was working in New York, you was doing big things, and you, you inspire me because you never like just take an L. You know what I'm saying? You always find out a way to take like two L's and you turn it into a W, my guy. And you always keep it moving, keep it pushing. This pot, this, this uh, productive uh, conversation is amazing. I've been looking at your your um your website. You sell a merch. You know what I'm saying? you doing interviews. You're putting new people on. you like, promoting other people and their businesses. I think that's really great. You know what I'm saying? So, so big ups to you, man. You're doing
0: big things. Damn, that means so much to me. It's been quite a ride trying to get here, get back to New York for good. And I'm not a perfect person, but I'm trying to be, and I have a lot of things to learn. And I have great people like Dre, great people like you inspiring me to keep pushing right. forward. So God bless you for all that, and thank you, my man. Thank you so much, man. Dre, Oh, where do I start with you as one of the greatest people to ever live? First things first. How the hell are you, man? How has your 2021 started? How has how was your overcoming of obstacles in 2020? Tell me how has life been?
1: I mean, 2020 sucked everybody you know what i'm saying in a lot of different ways for a lot of different reasons i mean like other people i did lose loved ones you know sorry uh, to hear that uh a grandmother two aunts an uncle it was it was kind of crazy but um unlike everyone else in this pandemic 2020 i probably worked more than anybody else i'm <laughs> tech so i was pulling like overtime at hospitals at the pharmacy all this other stuff i was working like maybe 20 day months, you know what I'm saying? Straight. It was crazy. Um, I took a few L's personally, you know what I'm saying? Some legal troubles, you know, but I'm okay. They can't keep me down. I'm still out here in these streets. Um, but it's been, it's been interesting. You know, I I met new people, you know, I actually got into a relationship in 2020. A lot of people like was falling out of them. You know, it was kind of hard, you know, getting cuffed up during the pandemic. But I found a way. Love found a way, you know. Shout out to Tinder, yo. The apps do do be working. <laughs> <laughs> love is possible <laughs> out here, you know.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it so much. Oh, there's, there's,
1: man. There. Ain't no shame, yo. Ain't no shame. Yo, of, ain't no shame out here for the people being, being, people on apps, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people be feeling like it's a secret. They don't want to say it no more. Yo, it's 2021, you know. We all doing it. You know. That's you- the only
0: way to get a relationship bar up. Fuck it, you're in it no matter what.
1: I don't know. About you right. <laughs> but now, right now with the pandemic, it's a little tough, right? Because I ran into the problem, right? Not because I'm looking, you know what I'm saying? Just in case you're not know, being watched out here, the feds watching. But like people, they all wear. Have you noticed, know right? Everybody look good with a with a face mask on. You know what I'm saying? From the cheeks up, it's hard to ugly or not. So it's hard to, I think it's harder to date people in person or meet new people in person. Yeah, right. It's, it's, like, it's like false advertising. You like she took <laughs> And she had the big-ass but She got a snag tooth for something. You don't know. It's crazy. Got a big-ass mole. Like, I know I this one lady, right? And it's crazy because I've been working with people, and I forgot what the rest of people's faces look like. This one of my coworkers took her mask off. And I forgot she had to big <laughs> Like, you ever seen, like, Austin Powers, and he had the yeah. big-ass Molly, Moly, moly, moly. real, And I forgot. So she took it off one day eating lunch, and I just was straight up looking at her, like, playing with my yogurt, looking at her, her lip for, like, the longest, trying not to be, like, disrespectful, but it's crazy. It's tough. Wow, man. Dude, like catfishing person. <laughs> yeah. Catfishing
0: person. Can you tell me, like, what's some of the best lessons you've ever learned from dating,
1: bro? Don't do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. uh, uh, dating is it's interesting. It's, it's interesting because, like, I like people and I like meeting people. So I feel like good, bad and different. As long as you, you learn something a little bit more about yourself a little bit more about the other person you're with it's not really a full loss you know what i'm saying i feel like it's crazy that for most people they fall in love so many times in their lifetime they think this is it this is that person And when they lose that person they're so distraught and then i think to myself like two months ago three months ago you didn't even know this person existed and <laughs> six months to a year this person became your whole world such an int- integral part of your world so like you'll be okay like when those relationships fall through so i don't really think of, like when I break up or like lose somebody as a L. I just think of it as like a different phase of my life or something different, you know? Yeah,
0: like me trying to understand my breakups and relationships not panning out. It's, it's, you always wonder, was it me? Is it meant to be? All that stuff. And you really do have to live life to understand how important things are, come together. Everything happens for a reason. Like, you know me. I was the worst date person to try to find love until very well, not very late, but like later than usual. It really, um, date, date till like 23, 24. Didn't have like my first real serious girlfriend until around those times. And I still have so much to learn, Dre. And sometimes it works. Sometimes I think you, you, you got it, and you know, and then the next day it changes. Like, what do you think, what do you think I can? Someone like me can get out, trying to still figure themselves out and trying to figure out relationships and stuff like that.
1: Well, one thing I just feel like you ain't never going to be in a successful relationship until you kind of truly learn how to love yourself and date yourself. Yeah, a lot of people say that, and it sounds like the loneliest thing in the world. Like, ain't nobody going to date me, so I'm gonna date me. You know, <laughs> That's the thing. You know, because I feel like in a lot of ways. So growing up, I grew up in Newark, New Jersey, where a lot of people, especially teenagers, they were very promiscuous. they very out here. Dating was a thing to do. You know what I'm saying? So people was like dating at a young age, you know, like I'm talking like middle school. But my thing is just looking back at it, how significant truly is a relationship to you as a person in middle school, in high school, and in your first few years of college compared to someone who waited, got to know themselves and then met someone like worth like investing with, you know what I'm saying? Met someone of a, a like mind, similar uh, mind process. And then you guys kind of decided to take that journey of those steps together as a person, you know, in middle school, high school, you with somebody for like a half a semester and then you break up with somebody. Then you you see somebody kiss someone else in another class, mm-hmm. y'all break, make up, break up, make up. And you're like, yo, I'm in love with him though. But I just slept with his brother. Like I'm in love with her. And I'm going to sleep with her girlfriends. That's not love, man. You just, Going through the motions and just saying it because you think that's what you're supposed to say. I think it's more value to it when you actually wait, take the time and slowly process and truly like learn about the other person and be with the person. You know, you could date 25 people and not know shit. Whereas you really take the time to get one or two and you'll learn way more about them. Or those relationships will be made way more significant to you in your life in the long run. So that's. I don't think quality. Uh, the quantity. I think it's more about the quality. You know what I'm saying.
0: That's really beautiful, and I feel like you know. This is beautiful, man. <laughs> when I right, first man. start, like I said, I I um didn't really start dating till 22. Didn't really get intimate or anything like that till 22. You know, I'm only 26 now, and you know, you had your. I had like my time just um getting to know girls hanging out in the city and stuff like that. While just, I guess res- trying to be as respectful, respectful bachelor, if that's a word or not, hopefully not oxymoron, like just dating all types of girls at once, not trying to get settled down to, you know, meet this girl than that girl and that, and that stuff like that. And then like, I happen one year, just kind of like three, like one real relationship and two other like solid dating ones trying to figure that out. Right. And may, trying to get my lessons learned from that. And it's crazy when you think things are figured out and you have a whole new wrench and something's changing about it and you thought it was figured out and okay, and you can move on, but you know, you still have to reevaluate things. Why, why do you think it be like that sometimes?
1: Why well, I think what be like that? Like, you just have to... You think something's one way and then when you experience it, it's not that way.
0: Like, Dad, and almost, like... It's basically getting closure on relationships, too. Like, why Why is it so hard?
1: Um, I think closure itself... I'm, I was a psych major. And, like, like you in college, I was going through my fair share of problems. You know, you was there for most of a few of them. You know what I'm saying? I had one of my hardest breakups in college. But I took a psych class because... I started, I started my major and everything because i just want to learn more about like wow i was struggling to like comprehend my own feelings and working my own feelings. i wanted some clarity on that and one of the most important things i've learned in terms of like in regards to the relationships is about honesty and not just like with your partner but like with yourself you know what i'm saying um closure after a breakup i think you just have to really ask yourself the hard questions and be brave enough to accept the answers to those questions so, like, you ask yourself, like, when we were doing this, like, you know, you, look, you kind of look back at things with rose-tinted glasses and you kind of forget all the, like, bullshit that came along with it, all the bullshit that's in between, like, the the rosy moments. And you think, like, in those moments, was I really true on being myself? Was I, like, saying the things that I wanted to say or was I saying the things I think she needed to hear from me? You know, could I feel like I could really, like, if I like video games and anime, can I really watch those things or do those things with her? <laughs> I have to wait until she left to, like, bust out my PlayStation and, like, chill and just let my hair down and do that, you know? You start seeing and putting things together that maybe wasn't that great, you know? The text, the lies, and she says things to you and disrespects you in different ways, and you kind of just, like, roll it off, and you just let it go. And you're like, but she's beautiful, she's smart, and she's so funny, and, like, you know, that's just that one moment. But it's an amalgamation of those moments that, like, really truly paint the true picture. And you just have to ask yourself, A, like are you going to be okay with this person? I mean, without this person, the answer to that most definitely is always, yeah, you will be okay. Eventually. Um, was this person the best love for me? Did this person really truly treat me as well as I treated them? Was they giving me everything that I needed, you know, or was it some of the things that I wanted, you know? And then when you start breaking it down like that, I feel like it's kind of really easy to get closure. You know, you got to always tell yourself we're going to be okay because that's the truth no matter what happens you know good bad and different you're gonna be okay because before you broke up with this person a year or two three years ago maybe a few months before you broke up with another person and you felt the same exact way like damn this is over this is it i'm never gonna meet someone like this and then two months later you meet someone that's even better so like what's gonna happen tomorrow and just just breathe and take it easy you're like how old are you like 24 25 i'm 26 Twenty six, even better. You got the baby face, you know. That's what it is. So you <laughs> you barely, barely live a quarter of your life. You know what I'm saying? You don't know who you're gonna meet next year, or next month, or tomorrow at the store. Just relax, do you? Things that happen, you know.
0: You're, you're you're right, man. And I think it's just such a. I guess the best way is to explain it from my situation and uh, understand relationships, like. Especially in New York, just being around, you know, uh, was having, you know, fun in New York. Then, you know, one I started dating someone around Christmas time. Broke up in St. Patrick's Day weekend. Um, had (laughs) had more had more (laughs) (laughs) had more fun. In New York. I started dating another New York girl. Uh, The whole summer of this specific person. It's good. A lot of growth. Then um, then we uh, went our separate ways. And then like two days after, started dating another one. Dated for a long time. Didn't work out. And still have things to figure out, and you you thought that was a, uh, you thought things were figured out, and then you just you know try to move on, and you didn't know that there was that that uh I don't know, it's like without getting into too much detail, you know, you try to move on, maybe not see him on social media anymore, okay, unfollow, and then you didn't know that that was such a big deal, and then um then try to explain what happened. And then, you know, all things are confused listen, and whatever. And, uh, listen, you know.
1: First like of social media trap, right? And before I get to that, right? Yeah. One of the best, like, revelations you can have as an adult, like, once you hit your mid-20s, is that everybody you look up to, everybody you see on TV, all the adults, all the people that's older than you, we're all just older, old kids. You know what I'm saying? We all do the same shit. We all fuck up. You know what I'm saying? Jason and Beyonce got the same relationship problems that motherfucker down the street got. You know what I'm saying? She- <laughs> I say how can get cheated on, ain't no hope for nobody else, you know what I'm saying? So why sit here and stress about, like, what your partner doing and all this other stuff? You know, you might as well just do the best you can be the best partner you can be, you know what I'm saying? So it's no point in, like, stressing over anyone else. Social media, like, when you, like, see the person you like making moves and living their best life, you hurting yourself. You're just torturing yourself, you know what I'm saying? Like, for what? Like, why? Yeah, you know, why sit there and do that? And then, like, someone's mad at you because you didn't send them a text or you sent the wrong text and all that other stuff. That's all other people's problems. They ain't got nothing to do with you, bro. Just relax. You be right. my, my motto is, you know what I'm saying, a great, two great philosophers once said, Hakuna Matata, my guy. Hakuna Matata. <laughs> Just out and they'll be all right. People out here stressing about the wrong shit. 2020, people are dying left and right. We lost hundreds of thousands of people. You know, we've had the equivalent of over were over thirty nine 11s in a matter of a few months? That's literally what happened. Like three thousand something people died. I think almost four thousand, just shy of four thousand, like shy of a hundred people. We're like here, like four hundred thousand people. We've had over a hundred thousand nine and people out here talking about like he don't like me or he ain't like my post or he out here you know <laughs> looking at ass on Instagram. But <laughs> there's bigger problems, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, there's nothing that truly beats like a true companion someone that you could be yourself around you know i feel like once you find someone that you can be truly be your best friend all the other stuff kind of like falls into place you know just just don't force it you know when you have feelings and listen to people when they speak about theirs and you just move forward that way you can't control how the people feel you can only like be receptive to it you know
0: yeah i guess moving on is a hard thing to do and uh it's not something to, to to really Worry about like you said At the end of the day you will eventually Be okay Usually even sooner rather than you later I'm sorry you're saying
1: a lot of, No I'm saying a lot of people also think that like Moving on means you have to be like okay And not care or anything like that You can't like think about this person like months later You can have a moment of weakness you know But again just be honest with yourself I'm like damn today you know a few months Afterwards I miss this person But like that don't mean like I gotta break down over it, you know what I'm saying. You, you have your moment, you allow yourself to feel what you feel, and then you carry that with you in your next day. You be honest with yourself about your feelings. Don't try to repress your feelings because they're gonna regurgitate in different ways. Yeah, don't. You can move on and be sad as fuck while you're doing it. You know, you're just working through it. You know.
0: Yeah, you know, it's some maybe maybe it is okay to listen to some soft Drake and uh
1: yo, <laughs> yo, that Take Care album got me through half of my college. <laughs> Semester, bro. You understand? Know yo, the best lyric. <laughs> light skin energy. All like the last half of my, like, college, my college years, yo, just straight light skin energy. I was crying in the shower. You know, I'm crying in the shower. <laughs> yo, the, you get your tears washed away. You know what I'm saying? That's what it's all about. You're like, yo, they got me, y'all. Just, I'm just wet out the shower. I ain't crying.
0: Yo, so, man. What's that? The real her from Jake? <laughs> for real, yo. <laughs> oh, let me the lyrics, bro. Like the, these lyrics, that's when you're like, ah, <laughs> if you hear stuff. Um okay, wait, because it's two socks technically. Um mm-hmm. man, when
1: you rehear these lyrics, <laughs> I gotta find this. Um yo, Matt Brown, let me ask you something, right? Because you we've all been there, we were all high breakups. Do you got like a like a breakup album or a go-to like breakup playlist, like to get your film? You just kind of like like what you do to work through your breakups to get it out your system. Mm-hmm. You need some cake, you
0: need your ice cream going on like. Man, I would go back to the date. <laughs> i go back to the dating apps Anytime I had a legit breakup
1: <laughs> Oh, you about to rebound, you try to just get back out there
0: Yeah, like, of course, every once in a while Your dad will definitely like oh, I gotta find these I'm, I gotta find these But um, to answer your question I probably There will be a day where I'm just like Ugh oh. Man, I, I, I do miss them. I did mess up. And especially in a time like the pandemic where there's nothing to do and you just have your thoughts after you do your work, it's it, it's tough, man. That's why I, I try to go back to the gym more to keep motion forward. It's Yeah. And it's, I mean, I like I said, like up until the pandemic, I was dating around a lot and hanging out with a bunch of different girls and some I really did like. And I do reflect on myself on things that I messed up and Mm -hmm. things that i could have done better in my relationships whether it's putting more effort whether it's just saying how hey i'm thinking about you i could have done that better i could have done more flowers i could have um i could have done more surprises and uh it's it's it, it just it's just making me more prepared for the future and whoever i date is gonna be a lucky person having all that time of reflection you know
1: yeah, yeah, man. But listen, man, you were still over here talking about I could have did this, I could have did that. She could have did a lot of stuff differently too. I don't know the inside and right. outside of the relationship, but like we we ain't perfect human beings and we're we learning. You know what I'm saying? As long as you did the best you can, you 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 straight. You know what I'm saying? And kind of just say I think one of the the most like I think one of the most misconstrued or misconstrued like sayings is the best way to get over one relationship is to get under another one. Mm-hmm trap, my friend, okay? Because first of all, you got coronavirus, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got all the STD problems, you know what I'm saying? You out here, girls could pop up, get pregnant, you know? You just trying to, like, leave yourself in 30 minutes of trying to get over someone who don't even give a fuck about you no more. Your whole life can change just because you feel like you gotta fuck your way through some emotions, man. Don't do it, man. Yeah. The best way to get over a relationship is just to buckle down and invest in yourself, and success is the best revenge, you know what I'm saying? Ain't no... Whether it's like you do what you got to do in the gym to get the body you want, to get the job you want, to get the car you want, to get the place you want, once you post those kind of pics, you know what I'm saying? That's when she's like, "Damn, I missed it like that." Damn, that's when he started hitting you up. Like, why are you friendly? Like, how you doing? So
0: that's what I. Your success is the best revenge, and oh man, it's just like you're right. It, and that's why it, the moving on. And you're you. One thing you you said that I think not a lot of people realize it's okay to you know move on and it you're human it's not going to be easy it's emotional and but it's okay not to be okay That's it's the- okay not to be okay and like when you hear these lyrics from like doing it wrong by drake when a good thing goes bad it's not Go ahead,
1: do it good. You know, these
0: lyrics when you hear it, they're just like when a good thing goes bad, it's not the end of the world. It's just the end <laughs> like of the, the world. Of this, world yeah. That you have to kind of yo, yo, I'm out
1: here going to Connor with Taco Bell.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and she's the reason it happens. Yeah, really but she's fun. overreacting. And it's all because she don't want things to change. So cry if you need to. But I yo, can't stay don't. to watch you. Do it. Do it. <laughs>
1: That's weird. you you too grown. Like, once you pass 20, you crying in public, dog. You can't do it. Once you're older <laughs> You know, I'm that's honest.
0: what I'm nice. Yo, when it comes to crying, I'm pretty, I'm pretty nice. <laughs> and, I'm, I'm pretty nice if I'm really sad, like around people, I won't cry. But, you know, like if I'm alone watching a sad movie, here's that song, you're just like, oh. Yeah,
1: it's okay. I mean, it's uh, it's under certain circumstances, it's okay for a grown man to cry, but you can't cry over a female poet.
0: Oh, that, I'm absolutely sure. And look, most of the cry by myself is because of sad movies, like Toy Story 4. With Buddy, bus said bye.
1: I didn't even see that one. You know why? Because I don't need to see it. Okay, You're right. You're damn right. You don't we need just, to see it. You should stop after. I cried on three because that was right before I was going to college. And I was like, Andy, really, Doug. I was throwing away my toys. You know, what I'm saying. I had tough decisions to make. I had to cut people off the list. You know, what I'm saying. It was it was real out here.
0: Right. It, it really was. <laughs> and um, man, it's 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 such a time of growth and reflection. Yo, could I ask you? These lyrics are from that same song. Do you believe in it? You, we live in a generation of not being in love and not being together. COVID. <laughs> <laughs> but we feel. sure to make it feel like we're together because we're scared to see each other with somebody else.
1: That's like, uh, you know when you're hungry, right? And you want Panera Bread, but Panera Bread is too far away. But you're like, okay, McDonald's is right here. So I'm going to get a chicken sandwich from McDonald's. Damn right. Like, you don't, you know, it's not what you really want, or what you really need, but you really just settle because you don't want to be alone. A lot of people are just afraid to be alone and by themselves, you know what I'm saying? I blame social media for that because everybody out here faking it, living their best lives when they know they ain't. And then you out here feeling lonely as fuck, you know what I'm saying? With your shirt off, watching like Facebook posts and shit like that, and questioning, like, what am I doing with my life? It's, it's okay to be alone. You no, know? you ain't got to be with somebody else. I think it's worse to be in a relationship just for the sake of being in a relationship, as opposed to one that makes you a better person at the end of the day, whether you guys break up or stay together or whatever, a, a good relationship, even if it could end badly was overall, I think will make you a better person in the long run. Whereas you're right. you're wasting your time just fucking around with the fuckery is a true waste of time and energy, you know?
0: Absolutely, man. It's, it's crazy. It, every relationship's different. And I think the most important thing you really hit on is the growth part. And, um, Like, the only time I had, like, like, a breakup that I felt, like, really shitty and bad, well, not shitty bad, was that one, you know, Pershing Square? I put it in my blog. The girl dated around St. Patrick's Day. She broke up with me over the phone. I
1: remember (laughs) that. I remember. That's cool, but I remember. I remember.
0: I had to take my train home back to Connecticut. I had my sunglasses on. I was slouched. (laughs) But it is something to laugh about now. What was it wasn't so bad after that?
1: Oh my God. I mean, yeah, breakups are definitely, definitely hard, man. It's, it's hard out here, man. But it's they, it. They make you who you are. you be all right.
0: But you, what was the craziest part, mm-hmm. whether it was serendipity that it was coming, like two days, I was watching the show called Crashing. Okay. What's that? It's a show about the stand-up comedian who um who uh trying to make in New York. He he was 28 and his wife cheated on him and he was left on the street, so he crashes on different couches. Yeah,
1: that tends to happen.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And um and we talk to um and we talk to and like I watched the show and he break and the girl breaks up with him in the show, and this guy says Right before, it's like you know. I think the best thing out of a relationship, if you at least learn more about yourself in it, then it's all good. And then I get a breakup two days later. I just wow, those things that really made sense and showing it together. So um.
1: So this was before your, your most recent breakup, right? That was a breakup before this most recent one. Yeah, right. It is. It was uh. And you was like butthurt. I mean, rightfully so over that one, right? And then you, yeah. might, girl. And, like, it washed away. He was like, okay. Exactly. The whole thing. So that's no point. Like, two months before you met the, the latest girl, you didn't even know she existed. Mm-hmm. So who's going to say we're going to meet three months from now? You know what I'm saying? Two weeks from now. So I'm
0: excited for Knockover World, man. It's it's going to get better. It, 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 you're this right. Is
1: it? You think it's going to get better? I think it's going to get worse, man. I think this world is about to change in a big way. And I don't think half of us is ready for it. I
0: don't know. No. I don't know if we're happy for it. If, if If, um... We have something to get used to, but at least for how I look at relationships and breakups and that, it will get better. I'll meet in the words of if in the words of Will Smith in Fresh Prince, will find me a beautiful honey. We're going to be living it happy together. I mean, the context was winning, you know, the Uncle Phil moment. Right, right, right. But he's right about that. And it was better for him. And I mean, I understand different situations, but at the end of the day, You know, emotions hurt and and humans feeling humans, but at the end of the day, it really does get better somehow, some way.
1: Yeah, it does. I mean, and again, for a lot of different people, like relationships ain't for everybody, you know, and a lot of relationships take different shapes, you know, a lot of people think like it's, it's one person and one person there's like polygamous relationships, there's open relationships, there's, you know, typical, like structure relationships it's a lot of different ways you could love someone and not be with someone you know be there for them in every other way but an official title or whatever like that it doesn't have to be such a structured way i feel like what's more important to you the title of a relationship or the feelings that come behind come with that title you know what i'm saying like if you love someone do you really need to be their boyfriend to love them or can you love them without having that title you know it's kind of love is a beautiful thing but a lot of people try to put in a box. In their specific box and make it fit, you know. And for some people, it won't be like that. You can fall in love. You can meet the perfect person for you, and y'all could just differ on that one opinion. And you have to make adjustments to make it work if you're really trying to have that person in your life, you know.
0: I, you do know, I do know, and it's it's so hard hitting, and that's why it's the most sensitive thing in this world that has driven so many songs and movies and and all that just trying to find love but at the end of the day I guess it really does find you right
1: I mean just get a dog yo. you know dogs always gonna love you <laughs> if you can't get a dog to love you you got some stuff reflecting to do <laughs> I
0: don't that's why you're the man Dre but yeah. yeah this was this was it's gonna get better
1: yeah it's like a little Valentine's Day podcast right now right <laughs> who would have thought yeah <laughs> Oh, man,
0: this was real. This was real, man. This was real. Appreciate it.
1: So so what else is going on with you, man? How's this whole podcasting going for you, man? Like, I know you in the city working, you know, big things and all this other stuff. Like, is this kind of like your breakout area? You think, all right, maybe like New York television is my thing. But I see this avenue with the Internet and like podcasts like this could be my breakaway thing.
0: You know, I still think TV and movies are my thing in New York. But I think this is going to be the special thing that finally gets me over the hump, Dre. I, the, the, It's crazy. This podcast really was made because of a chip on my shoulder. You know, I've been just trying so hard to finally get settled in New York for good. I've been trying since I was 20 or six years and counting, but it's OK. We're going to still push through. It will yeah, eventually happen. And it takes a long time for people. Right. And I thought I was about to get the job that would have given me enough money to actually move there. Mm -hmm. And the pandemic hits too, in fact. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it it was tough while still hoping that we uh, can survive this and make it. I was just watching movies and writing and figure out what to do, then try to get a new job. And my dad just kept pounding me to find something. And I applied for an intern job at my old internship that I should Mm -hmm. easily qualify for. And he said, You're just not good enough. Cause They didn't literally say that, but they gave the generic, oh, we're looking at people that are most closely resembles our qualifications, even though I actually intern at the pops place and I have exactly what they're looking for and then some. And then I was just sick and tired of that of getting pushed. Maybe it was just a you know six a six year peak of just all these no's for jobs that I've been trying hard, qualified for, finding references to vouch for me, emailing random people, please help me out. And I just said, fuck this. I'm tired of getting told no. I'm tired of my dad, even though he's being a good dad, telling me to find something else. I just said, I'd like to talk to people. I know how to make this new technology to make a podcast. And and the podcasts are the one thing that's getting me through this hard time. I'm going to make a podcast on my own. I'm going to be productive every day with it. And hence the Productive Conversations podcast is born. I've been kicking it since since October, 1,000-plus downloads in four months, 14,000 right. YouTube views. And while I'm tr- applying again with this on my resume, you know, f- just about five months now, I can talk and explain that when push came to shove, with the technology your employers are using to promote your business or your production – I did the same thing by myself with no money. I just used my savings and, you know, I won't lie. Some help from the stimulus checks. And I bought this stuff. And now I'm here, generally entertaining an audience, getting to showcase the awesome people in our world that aren't celebrities and just rekindling and showing off awesome people like my buddy Dre. So that's why this podcast is here.
1: And also, I think COVID in a lot of ways showed us Or, like, kind of put people to the test, kind of, you know what I'm saying? Because people had to get real creative. A lot of people lost their jobs, lost their homes, and had to find new ways to bring income for their families, you know what I'm saying? They had to get creative and go into business for themselves, do things that you just did, you know? And... Not only that, but TV and movies—the two mediums that influence you the most—that you're like trying to strive for—they change drastically in such a few—a matter of months. They had to. They had to adjust yeah. to this world that we live in, it. and they're going to streaming service services like YouTube, like Amazon Prime, like Netflix, and stuff like that. So this might be the perfect time to get your weight, like to slip your waist inside. You know what I'm saying? When yeah. things, now people, YouTube followers and influencers, Instagram—they have a bigger following than some of the biggest names in. You. Conan and Brian, Seth Myers, like yeah. Fallon, some of them have less less viewers or supporters or monthly watchers than the common person on YouTube. You know what I'm saying? So this could be your way. And no one can tell you no on YouTube. You know, you're your boss, you know. And as long as you make, I think it's smart that you're you're having productive conversations because that's never gonna run out of style. You know, people are always gonna need to hear productive conversations. And the fact that you're finding people who are being or being most affected by the worlds that they live in, I think that's a great, like, selling point or a great way to start, like, getting yourself out there. It's relatable, you know what I'm saying? It's inspiring, and it's educational in a lot of different ways, whether people are having relationship problems on Valentine's, Valentine's Day, post-COVID or pandemic, or whether someone's trying to be an artist like Gabe or trying to, like, be successful in the city or getting life started like Jake or somebody like that. Like, I think each interview you do, as something different for someone else, like, and it, it, it resonates with them in a different way. So. Yeah. That means so much.
0: I think so much, like, that
1: I think that means like, so much man. And that's you know, so like, exactly. And I was gonna say, and think about like, now I'm going to cut you off, but like, I know some of your idols are like Jimmy Fallon and Conan O'Brien.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They he knows they got Like if they got 450 no's, all they needed was one yes to be where they are. You know what I'm saying? So maybe you just got to find what your number is. You know what I'm saying? Before you get that one, yes. And then you'll be fine, you know? So don't let it discourage you. It hasn't evidently, you know, just do mm-hmm. your thing. You know, Matt Brown will be a successful name. I can, I understand it. I feel it truthfully, you'll be all right.
0: And that's what's beautiful about this. And and I believe it, that this is genuine content being made that can be showcased, shared and explored while also giving the purpose of having a productive conversation and getting something very valuable out of it. And that's what it's here for it will be still here when I work again, his brain is not going to give up until the day it stops breathing. And that's why this, we have amazing guests like you. That's why this podcast will live. And that's why the audience means so much because we're here for a purpose to just show the interesting people and have productive conversations in it.
1: Yeah, and then I just wanna say one more thing, you know, that I just wanna say something I always appreciated you for, you know what I'm saying? I kind of see you as like a little brother, you know what I'm saying? We're in the same fraternity, you yeah. know. And like you, you always kind of ask me for advice and stuff like that. And in a lot of ways, I looked up to you too. But I just remember that like one of my lowest points in college, you know, it was my senior year, and I was essentially homeless like my last like semester. You were one those that like gave me a couch to sleep on, like you took me in. While I was working at midnight shifts and going to class early in the morning, and we would have these conversations late at night, you know what I'm saying? After you came in from the club or anything like that, I came in from work. And it was, it was, it was a great productive environment. You know what I'm saying? It was motivational, it was inspiring. And to see that you're still doing that like years later, you're still giving other people a platform, you know what I'm saying, to voice, to have a voice and do things that they love, I think is admirable. So I think karma has a way of rewarding Rewarding us for like the good things that we do, and like you do nothing but good things. So, this guy, good karma, guy, becoming your way soon. I feel it. So,
0: I believe it. And this is this is for the culture. This is for the world the Lord made, and that's just. It's like it's. I'm lucky enough I can find an actual medium to showcase this while still having those important combos with people and matters and I genuinely am curious and that's why being all people from all walks of life to it mm-hmm. it's crazy and I'm fortunate that I can have someone I can have a podcast with people who are in drag while also talking with someone who's a born again christian maybe both sides come from different worlds and may not understand each other's because of you know how they grew up and whatever i'm just using this as an example Mm -hmm. but we show the human side of both people just trying to find their purpose in life whether it's through drag whether it's becoming born again whether it's through music whether it's as an entrepreneur everyone deserves validation as long as you don't do anything wrong and offensive and everyone deserves to hear each other's out without any preconceived notions.
1: Yeah, I just feel like, you know, we don't have to be the same. First of all, a lot of us aren't the same. You know, more people are different than they are alike, you know, truthfully. But that's okay. And we can be different just as long as we're respective, respective and acceptive of that fact. A lot of people don't accept those facts. They try to force their views on other people I'm just like, that's not how it works. You can believe what you want to believe and live your, your life according to those beliefs. But don't try to force someone to, to, to live their life by your beliefs. That's just like, you know, selfish. But if they have like someone like you in common, you know what I'm saying? Like it kind of brings to light the similarities that they do have. You know, if they want yeah. to, they could be friends with someone like-minded like yourself. How different are they truly? They just kind of need someone to show them that they're not that different. And places like this provide opportunities for things like that so you're doing a real service you know what i'm saying i know it can be discouraging at times you know this year is depressing as fuck for everybody mm-hmm. you know but the fact that you're still here on my screen smiling says a lot so maybe-
0: absolutely dude and that's why i just could not let this world bring me down and it's probably the actual closest of it and you know before this i was taking some therapies going through a lot trying to figure everything out and this i Didn't need it anymore after doing this And and I mean of course Everybody would you know Have a professional who's trained for that stuff But for me it was Just a time this podcast Has been one of the best decisions of my life Got me out through a lot of uh, Distress and and Obstacles to overcome and, and You know having a special podcast like this One to reflect on those and also Just showcasing how awesome you Are and how emotionally intelligent you are too It's it's just so the show is here for
1: emotional intelligence is a, is a true thing and i feel like that's something that you don't we aren't like really taught growing up we're taught like to regurgitate information academically but we're not really taking care of ourselves our true selves like emo- internally you know emotionally like our emotional sanity we're not really taught about those things we're kind of taught to escape like find ways to escape dealing with those things whether it's alcohol whether it's drugs whether it's Social media and things like that—we don't really deal with the true things that are plaguing us, and that's why people fall into these pitfalls where they fuck up in, in major ways. But I feel like this podcast—not only is it a great opportunity for you professionally and for others as well—I feel like in a way this is therapy. You know, us talking to each other and like listening to each other, like seeing like different perspectives, just being heard. You know, and. I think that goes a long way. A lot of people don't have the time to sit down and talk to someone and have a productive conversation, and you're sitting here inviting people to the table to do just that. And that that is a form of therapy. A lot of people think therapy have a, a negative kind of kind of connotation to it. Like if you need therapy, there's something wrong with you. Newsflash, there's something wrong with all of us, my guy. So just talk about it, and it could be a lot easier to deal with.
0: Oh man, and it's 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 worth every second. And that's what's and that's what I'm here for and forever to be here for, even when I start working again, this podcast isn't going anywhere. And as long as I have my mics, uh, I, I I think I'm doing this for the rest of my life. I have this calling.
1: And that's the power of like working for yourself. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're <clears throat> able to do this for as long as you're able to you're willing to do it, you know? And that's a powerful thing. Uh Seth Myers cornered Jimmy Fallon, I have to answer to someone else. And sometimes, yeah. You're your own boss, you know what I'm saying, for better or for worse, you know? And there's power in that. So, because we you, won't take it for if granted. If we work in New York, we're wiping somebody, other, somebody else's ass right now. Not <laughs> doing what you truly want to do yet. Just being in a place close to it. Like, if I, you know, I got to suck this guy's dick for 10 years before I could get my shot, you know? <laughs> Now, now you can suck
0: your own dick, man. <laughs> Who can't say that they can do that? <laughs> oh, man, I can't wait. One day this sh- to do these shows <laughs> yeah. in New York City, man, it's going to be special. Can't wait. I really yeah, can't definitely, wait. Definitely Yo, you know, could we talk about, like, growing up in the fraternity with us when you said some really kind words, right? Yeah. Yo, man, I looked up to you, bro, every time. I was so excited to see when you came through. And, you, know, of course you know, that you, you, you know, you were, it was your apartment too, man. It really was. You, me, Gabe, um, Williams for a semester that, uh, that OT therapy. Um, I, I can't remember his name. He was cool. He was nice. The, the one of the other roommates and Chaz, it was your apartment too. It was just, I was, it was cool to have you, man. And having these deep talk while it's crazy how much I grew because of Theta Chi. You know, I'm dealing with student loan stuff right now, trying to get my loan modified. It um it sucks, man. Right. So I have to I'm doing this process to get my loan completely. They had the loan COVID relief, then they took it off. Right. I can't f- afford it whatsoever. I'm going to be uh getting it modified, even though to ev- make it from extremely expensive to just very expensive, you know what I mean. But um <laughs> But anyways, I remember my dad asked me while trying to figure it out. Do you regret going to Hartford? I said, with the money I'm paying for this, I can't say no, because I needed that growth to be a better person from that. I don't know. It could have been anywhere else, but I needed for my most genuine self in Hartford and that fraternity and Theta Chi, most of all, you know, take away the partying, the the boozing and the fraternity stuff. It was just so much growth. And Meeting people like you and like words can't describe it. Especially if I'll go with you, Jake, Gabe in particular, and even Dorado is just like you helped me break out of my shell. That I was worth doing it. And then what was great about New York City was when I started interning is I can apply those things these guys these guys taught me And keep growing from it. So I just want to thank you for that, Trey, for all the patience and stuff like that, and helping uh, me with it.
1: Yeah, no problem. No problem. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm I, I went through it, you know, so I had some of my darkest times at Hartford, you know. I you know, I was in some dark places, you know, for a while. And it took other people to bring me out of those places, you know. So I feel like you never know who you you, you never know who you are to someone else, you know what I'm saying? So why not try to be the best influence that you can, you know. So if you if I see someone in me that's like going through it, I'm not like a superman, you know, I'm not like super Negro or anything like that. But I feel like listening is is one of the best things that we can do to make people feel validated, heard, and seen. I feel like it doesn't take a lot at all. But it go it, it goes a long way and it means a lot to people. So um of course someone like you who's a great person has been not but good to me. It's a no-brainer, you know, to be there for you, you know, as best I can any way I can. So but Hoffman was a trap. I <laughs> think it was a definitely it was a trap. I didn't have to get up at all just spend that money, you know. Uh, I never regret meeting the people that I did and learning the lessons that I learned. I just think it was an expensive ass lesson to learn. (laughs) You're right. Student loans and stuff like that. Didn't really care. I just wanted to go for the experience. Hartford was an interesting one, but I don't know. School, I don't know. School is is insane. I think it's crazy that we're in the richest, most powerful country in the world, but people can't afford education and healthcare. I think that's ass backwards. I'm one of those people who do think capitalism is like the worst, one of the worst things. Is like the biggest problem in this country, you know. So sucks.
0: sucks. Which is why it's you're right. The, the paying for this insane and expensive ass lesson, but it's just such an important lesson I needed to learn. I'd be the goofiest goober ever, yeah. <laughs> with no confidence in getting no resume out of if I didn't go specifically in Hartford and specifically Theta Chi. Yeah. And it was such hard lessons learned, but but lead needed to it. You know, I'm sure you feel the same way. Right, right,
1: right. Uh, Some capacity, yeah. Yeah, I think better for worse than maybe who I am today, so.
0: Right. (laughs) Just expensive that we're all going through.
1: I feel like everyone has problems, you know, especially with COVID and everything like that. Some people have, like, Children like they like teenage parents. You know, some people have children with like medical disabilities. Like my cousin has, you know, an autistic child. You know, one of my closest cousins. Um, some people have like cancer. You know, I have, I lost a cousin. that was like at she passed away. Sorry. She passed away at twenty seven of cancer. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry, bro. I can say my biggest hurdle that I'm dealing with is student loans. I think <laughs> that's not the worst thing in the world. So it's just everyone has their own cross to bear, you know, and that's the reason why we need to be sympathetic and empathetic to each other, you know, especially in the moments like these and the times like these. Things are so crazy.
0: Why do you think there's been times that people aren't em- empathetic and sympathetic, even in a time like COVID?
1: I think, especially in a time like COVID, and even before COVID, you know, people are are struggling so hard to just stay above water and breathe. They're gasping for air. So when you're sitting there gasping for air, you can't really think about throwing someone else a life preserver or like inviting someone else into a rowboat. You know what I'm saying? we everyone, so many people in this country are struggling just to make it to the end of the week, you know? So it's hard to really think about bigger problems that are affecting other people outside of yourself. And I can sympathize with that because I'm one of those people, but at the same time, it's, it's that way for a reason. You know, I do think, Capitalism is a big problem, big part of that. You know, it's all about, like, profits. When you think about profits, you start to think about people. But you start seeing people differently. You start valuing them differently. You not know, I feel like you can't have things like slavery without like having a capitalist mentality, you know? putting Literally putting prices on bodies, something that still happens to this day. You know, you, how can your government, the richest, most powerful government in the country, right? During a national, during a worldwide global pandemic, only can justify giving their people two measly-ass, like, relief payments of $600, 1200 you know, throughout the whole year. You know what I'm saying? Where this country's right next door to us doing monthly checks. You know what I'm saying? It's because this country is predominantly a capitalist one, and it fucking sucks, you know? Dude, it's, it's
0: tough. We have made it to a point in our society where we put the dollar over everything. It's been that yeah. way. It's you're been right. that way. and it, you're right it has been that way it just hurts so much more after this insanely stressful year we've all gone through insanely intense election and we really letting those that type of awful pride dictate how we live man.
1: I think this country is a joke you know I don't, <laughs> I don't think it makes me sound like anti-American in a lot of ways. I am. I feel like America is just like a nice, like selling point. It's like a dream. It's like when you see like the cheeseburger on TV Mm -hmm. and you get it and it's just like sloppy and lopsided in your lap. So I think America can be great if they just stop worrying about making the few people making so much money. You know what I'm saying? I just, it's crazy. I just feel like the, the few people who have the most money, like how much more do you need? You know what I'm saying? Than the, than the average person. Like, I'm all about being comfortable and being able to enjoy my life, but not at the detriment of others, you know? I don't need to have, like, millions and millions of dollars have a house on an island, like three vacation homes in three different countries that I visit twice a year. I don't need that, you know, to be happy. Most people don't. So I just I just think it's, it's sickening. I think it's greedy, especially when people are dying left and right, you know, the way that they are. It doesn't have to be this way, so...
0: It doesn't have to be this way, bro. And we have it. And we do have new leaders now, but we just have such a long way to go, bro. Just such a long way to go. And it's,
1: it's tough, man. It's, it's tough. It's it's not tough. It's, the answers are real simple, but like a lot of people this guy got out of their own way. Like
0: you think we can get there someday, even if it's a long time from now?
1: I think it's going to take... Honestly, I don't want to be a radical or anything like that. I think a lot of, like... gonna make a, a lot of people have to get uncomfortable before it happens. We're going to make a lot of people uncomfortable because that's the, only, that's the only times, like, change really happens. One of my favorite time periods in, in history is the French Revolution. And it was just because things got so bad, it got to a certain boiling point, like, boom. Similar to this, the 1%, you know, not exact numbers, but the 1% was doing so well off... And then the mass majority were sitting there struggling, starving, begging for crumbs, you know, and they weren't being heard. And they just had to stand up and take things into their own hands. And that was more or less in European history, the birth of democracy. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like that was only a couple hundred years ago in retrospect, in the grand scheme of things. And we're running into this problem here. You know what I'm saying? It's sad, you know, it's, it's terrible. How can you give a family who's A, lost their job, and then B losing their homes, you know what I'm saying? Six hundred dollars, two payments of six hundred dollars for a, a year, and like, like come on, man, like six hundred dollars nine is barely a paycheck, you know, for like, yeah, to work, you know. But you want them to stretch out? That's that's inhumane at that point. And then and like they smile on your face while they give it to you. We had to beg. We're sitting here begging for stimulus checks. It's our money. When You don't pay your taxes, you always get locked up. But we gotta beg for our money back we're literally dying in the streets of a like global pandemic. That's not
0: our fault. It's painful. It's wrong. And you, you just feel that there's just some leaders out there to finally move it, but maybe it is finally us, like whether it was, you know, us as a whole society feel some change needed to happen thing. And I think, you know, as you said, to make people uncomfortable, we saw something and, you know, have to be legit, you know, we obviously seen a summer of change in social justice for the first first time in a long time is really brought up, but we need more people to just change Aunt Jemima's syrup and changing the Washington Redskins names. We need policies to be pushed. We need more diverse leaders, not for the sake of having diversity, for the sake of being diverse, but you have to do it because you have a diverse nation among you with many people of many different backgrounds and orientations. And it's, you know, it, we have it some step in the right direction, but we need more than a 78 year old white man named Joe Biden and who I respect and I'm happy he's president, but we need more people Like, you know, I can list you the name of politicians, but, you know, not to assume people, I have a certain agenda, but we just need to have the people who need our help. Those people who are screaming and changing for it, they need to be getting the power and not taking it for granted. You
1: know know what's interesting to me, this country, right? We make a lot of money, right? A, through like military Like contracts and defense contracts, public prisons, but also in America, one of our, because we also are pretty advanced as far as like science and medical, in the medical field as well. I work in the medical field, but a lot of our money, a lot of it comes from the entertainment business, right? And you ask yourself, why is Ariana Grande or why is Tom Brady, who is a freaking machine, even though he you know, like some his, his, his records are questionable. Let's not, let's not forget the whole inflation, like the plate Yeah, the yeah, plate gate. Let's not forget that. Okay. the set, oh, so. we got really want to run the clock back on that and see what's up. But anyway, like why do these people make so much more money than like teachers, educators, you know, some nurses, some doctors, you know what I'm saying? Why are nurses in here struggling to put food in their tables when they're risking their lives during COVID? And I and I come to the conclusion that. A lot of things hasn't changed since, like, ancient times, even with Rome. Like, one of their biggest things was, like, the gladiatorial arena. It was, like, a big distraction for the people. When things are getting, like, at their bowling point, politically and economically, they invested all their money and time into throwing these big games to distract the people. Same thing here. We got football players, basketball players. These are, like, our gladiators, you know? Uh, Entertainers, musicians. They keep us docile. They keep us entertained. Um, Social media, you know? Going back to, like, Valentine's Day, everybody on Valentine's Day weekend, only the couples are posting, like, cute Valentine's Day shit. Not the single people, but majority of people on Valentine's Day are having shitty Valentine's Day. But you only see the, the 10, 20, 100 people that are having a good one, and you feel like your life is so bad. You know, it's not right. like, like, what's really going on. But it's a distraction. It makes your life feel so small. It makes you feel so isolated. It makes you feel alone. And that kind of was indicative of, like, the Trump presidency. There was a lot of distractions left and right. Like, you would be amazed to think about how much shit happened in the a month, two months span during the Trump presidency that we forgot about because like the next thing happened next week, you know? And they just keep distracting us with like foolishness and nonsense. And I think it, it deters us and keeps us away from like the simple problems. Like who can argue with affordable healthcare and education? No one, that's all right. Who thinks that, we, who truly feels that we don't deserve that? I'm not saying Harvard University has to be free and anyone can go there. But like a child should be able to educate themselves because we're really the land of the free and being our own boss and investing in ourselves and take and like pulling ourselves up by the bullsh- bootstrap. Why isn't public edu- public college a thing, like a free thing? You know? Everyone should have the opportunity to do that. Everyone should, no one I work at a hospital, no one should avoid, you know, getting checked for a possible disease, possibly check getting checked for cancer because they're afraid of getting a fifteen hundred dollar like medical bill at the ER. You know, you should never have to work that with- happens. It happens so much. If yeah. they even see you, by the time you get picked up in an ambulance, you're looking at almost a $1,200 bill. Just get into the ER. So if you're sitting there bleeding out your head, you're like, nah, I got this. Oh, I'm a little live Yeah, I feel in the morning. And you like you die. Like, who does that? Like, that's the world we live in. But America is so great. You know, no one talks about those things. But America's trying. It's, tri- it's, it's, it's.
0: I remember, dude, I had this situation I got sick, right? And, I got a really bad viral infection. I couldn't open my mouth and uh, I thought it was the worst strep throat ever, mm-hmm. but this is back last summer, t- summer 2019, get to mm-hmm. the hospital, took care of me. They gave me uh, IV and it was gone. It was completely gone. Doctor thought it might've been mono, bad strep, but I happened to fail both tests, right? But it was, I was, it was bad, bro. I felt awful for a few days and just couldn't. I, I don't know. Then a year later, I get my bill. I never seen such a heart dropping bill. Like it was probably like eight grand after insurance. <laughs> and I'm just like,
1: That's what I'm saying, it's insane
0: after insurance. And then you look at the insurance. It was almost insulting how the insurance barely covered it. Like. Jesus, man, and I—you should hear me for the financial counselors. I just went in on them, and I had to bro. Well, and I'm on—I've been unemployed since last December, right? Right. So after the most intense paperwork for a month and a half, trying to—I had to show them my unemployment benefit letter. I had to show them. They asked for everything, my soul, all my bank statements for the last six months. They asked for my Venmo transactions and yeah. they asked for everything. And I'm just, it was so emotionally draining. And they, I actually, thank God, there's some rich person out there who covered the bill 100%. I didn't know a thing to the hospital. I, I, it took so much stress out of me. But like, I'm fortunate enough I had an opportunity to afford to afford to have the time to prove that. But there's not so many people who aren't able to do that. I was lucky enough to have a computer to to go over these records. And I was lucky enough to go to a bank to get all this stuff. Not everyone has that who has more legit problems than me. And it, it breaks your heart that there's that, there, that these ways – people try to get profit when there's just so many people dying for their lives. And as you said, just afraid of the go to the hospital. I was so knocked out. I was just so scared from, um, yeah, I will say scared. I didn't know what was going on, but like, probably if I knew what stress it was going to put me a year later, who knows what I would have thought, you know, yeah. I was lucky enough. And that was, the, that was the one time being unemployed benefited me. Cause it saved me from pay that bill.
1: Right. But you had to you had to go through all that and luck out and be unemployed. You know, God forbid if you were doing what you're supposed to do.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. out, right. The, the hospital would have just said, "Fuck you." I, I couldn't pay them. I literally couldn't pay them, so they just yeah. said, all
1: right, fine. I remember like two years into like after college or whatever. Um, Sally May, I was the baddest bitch in the land. Sally May is a, is a pimp if I ever seen one. Right? I'm Sally I'm, May. I to pay them. Right? I'm, just, I'm two years out of college. I had a car note. I was paying rent at home. I was doing a food. I, I had bills. I had bills. You know what I'm saying? And then I remember they was like, okay, we need you to pay $600 a month. I, have a, I had a crazy student loan debt, but they wanted me to pay $600 a month. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's insane. They wanted, money, but they wanted $600 a month. I was like, yeah, that's more than I'm paying rent. Like, what are we talking about? Going back and forth with these ladies for like two, three weeks on the phone. Like my mom, my co-signer, I don't want her credit credit. Get fucked up. You know, I'm worried about them. Yeah, that's right the point. I'm arguing to say back and forth. She makes me go down my whole bill statement. Like she, like they did with you. Checked everything. You know what I'm saying, and it just came out. To, I can't. I can't afford this. And she's like, "There's nothing you can do." I was like, "Listen, lady, let me put it to you this way: I could pay you $600 a month, but I won't be able to. I won't be able to eat." if I gave you $600 a month, like literally I won't be able to eat. And then she was like, oh, well, I mean, this is what it is to be an adult. And I was like, <laughs> she said that to you? She said that to me on the phone. And I was like, what the f-? That's what I mean. like, They don't give a fuck about nothing. Yeah. They don't give a fuck
0: Dude, I was once having a fight with my loan provider trying to fix this. I, I after the they took the COVID relief off. I'm like the pandemic is still on, and I remember my dad heard me. And he's like, "Yo, you have to be, <laughs> you really undermining these people." Like, but dad, it's just like I'm unemployed as hell. They're trying to make me pay these these loans as much. Like, I had student loans from First Mark Services, eleven hundred a month. I could live in this city with roommates with that shit. Right that's not that's my that's one loan there's there's still the other ones there's still the discover loan which is reasonable at 140 but eight $1, eleven $1, hundred dollars and i said i said on the phone like you know call or wouldn't they say um you know this is being recorded for whatever yeah, yeah, obviously yeah. this is recorded and i said like what do you want me to do that's unlawful to get this money like this is absurd i said that to her like you want me to do, you want me to sell drugs? Like that's, that's the, how I get that. And I need to sell a lot of drugs to get that too. I understand what Walter White had to do,
1: man. But it's crazy. And it's, and my thing is that like, especially again, in this country, like it's no sense of accountability. Like they hold the smallest people at the bottom accountable for decisions that they made to better themselves. You know what I'm saying? To try to do better and put themselves in a better position. They hold them down to an account like accountable for for everything they do whether it's the police whether it's anything like that black white whatever whether it's the police like they'll bring you down for a speeding ticket i got a speeding ticket another day for two hundred dollars mm-hmm. they're to have car it was like all kinds of crazy shit right but like me going 15 over you know in the in in the fast lane with the flow of traffic you know but this motherfucking trump is out here doing like federal crimes you know against mm-hmm. eight the and they tell aspiring him- riots yeah, they just talk about like oh he uh, got the president board, we gotta let him go. I'm like are you the motherfuckers that can do the most damage? Y'all let y'all let walk out like sky free, but motherfuckers they can't harm nobody. I'm a I'm from the I'm from look, like, I was born in the hood, but I'm i was raised in the suburbs. I ain't hurting nobody. I'm five, 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 six on a good day. Ain't nobody scared of me. I'm a threat to no one, but they want to hold me to like accountable, like so bad. Like I don't understand. And little things like that come like, put your whole life on a whole different trajectory and fuck your life up. You know what I'm saying? You go to the jail for... They, they'll lock your ass up for not paying child support, regardless of the reason. That puts you in years in jail for child support. Like, and
0: you'll be harder to get a job after you get out. Right, right. Your right. whole reputation just shot because of that.
1: Right, right. They'll throw your ass in jail for a crime that they think you committed. And, like, you have to... It's not innocent until proven guilty. It's the other way around. It's guilty until proven innocent. You know what I'm saying? So, like, they're so quick to, like... So, there's so many ways you can fall into so many different pitfalls in this country and get stuck. You know what I'm saying? And it shouldn't be that way. You know, it really shouldn't, you know, you could be mentally ill or like ill-equipped to deal with your mental illness. No one's treating you because you don't have proper access to healthcare. And now you're wilding out in the streets dealing with it another way. And now your life's on a whole different chart. me and Scott went to California to visit Eric like uh, a few years after we graduated. Their homeless problem, homelessness problem is insane. It's, it breaks your heart, man. Just, it's just, hundreds of thousands of, of homeless people. Like, tense. I've never seen it in my life because like, I know what it's like in New York. I've never seen it. Eric was like, well, yeah, it's warm. The weather's nicer in L.A., so you can just post up wherever and, like, you know, make it your home. So I've never seen a homeless problem like that. I've been in different parts of the world. Like, I've been in other countries. I've never seen homelessness, a homelessness problem like I did in California. A lot of those people aren't lazy and they don't try. A lot of those people are fucking sick. They have, like, m- fucked by the system, too. Yeah, they've been abandoned by the system. They, they have mental health issues. They've they've lost things, businesses. They try to go on business for themselves, got screwed over by the state. There's so many different reasons why people aren't doing well. And I think that's why people are, again, increasingly, increasingly frustrated. And that's why these past few years have been so toxic. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's rough because it's always something. Like, every few months, it's something. And it's hard to keep track. It's hard to remember all the names of the people that we've lost, all the people that we're fighting for. But it's it's only going to get worse. and only no way things are going to get better is if we make those in power feel uncomfortable, you know,
0: and every and you do need to get those people from other walks of life. So they because they understand the situation they're coming from. Like, is there been a president besides oh, the ones of Obama that I've heard, you know, growing up in humbling times in Hawaii and traveling to different countries like what president actually like went through the mill and stuff like that and you know not a lot not i can't think of too many true rags to riches presidents, or and i might be wrong i'm not a president expert i'd love to hear people tell me mm-hmm. who who was like that but it, it has to start changing this 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 narrative for that to get the people who are going through the shit that this country is going through and bring it on a large scale now like Like with AOC, I under, you know, people can have their various opinions for her, but AOC as a human being, an individual, makes her so inspiring that she comes from a humbling background in the Bronx, and is successful and and has enough genuine willpower to get herself in a position of power, making it to the Senate, and. Explaining these issues that she's witnessing in ner- her neighborhood that you know reflects on other neighborhoods around this country and like those stories need to be heard, you know
1: because she she's has real conversations and she talks like a real person, you know yeah politicians and the reason why people don't like politicians, I think that's why a lot of people was got on the Trump bandwagon is because they was they knew he wasn't a career politician as opposed to like Hillary Clinton, you know what I'm saying they were expecting that he would go a different way. It would be something different. And in a lot of ways he was for better or for worse, you know, to each his own. But um, when you have someone starving and trying to like feed their, their family, you know what I'm saying? They don't want to sit there and have a, a discussion about why, why it doesn't, why they can't afford to get health care or aid. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, with the Parklands, all the shootings we were having in the years before um, leading up to um, the Trump presidency and stuff like that, you can't sit there and look at a parent in their face who lost their kid in the school shooting and sit there and talk about why someone has a right to own a, a semi-automatic gun when there's no need for it in America. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to hunt, you don't need to hunt a deer with a, a semi-automatic rifle. Mm-hmm. Like, what what, what, what that deer up, you know what I'm saying? I actually went shooting for the first time like this past weekend. I hate, I don't really like guns at all. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They're a little overkill, but you know, I, I got educated on them. I feel like you need to be educated, you need to at least know something. But there's no need for the over militarization of like police officers or even the average citizen. There's no need for the average person to own 500 like five different types of automatic weapons in the house for what, like. It's completely unnecessary. If you, I don't know, I don't know. If you live in your life to the point where you feel like you need ten guns in your house to protect your family, check your lifestyle. Like check your career. Right. Because like something not right. Something ain't adding up. Like you want to white or something like that. Like because that's insane to me. But it's 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 nuts out here, man. It's crazy. You know. You're right,
0: and that's. There has to be some way we can still live our best lives, even with these, this shit we're in. And eventually, the more people. the One thing that is cool with social media is there is other ways, positive stories still being pushed out there. There's still people overcoming. And there's going to be hundreds of millions of people whose amazing stories probably won't get heard. But they're still overcome, and then there's hundreds of people who try and they won't. But we have to remember we all have it in us to overcome all this. And even I understand the system's fucked, and I hate it too. I hate it a lot, but there's some way we still can fight and push it back, you know? Even if it's, and like you said, the most important way is just by making people uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like I don't know, I feel like the world you ever see like a star in the night sky? I'm not trying to be like too crazy or philosophical, but that one star is so bright. It's millions of light years away, right? If it's just one star in the sky, right? It's millions of light years away. Millions and billions of light years away. It's surrounded by so much darkness. You can still see the twinkle of the star. You know it's there. You know the good is there, but it's in a, a sea of bullshit. It's in a sea of darkness, and I feel like that's the state of the world, you know? There are good things that happen. The world isn't the worst place in the world, in the universe, you know? There is good out there, but it's in a sea of fucking darkness, you know? A sea of fucking sickness, you know? And it's always been that way. In a lot of ways, the world we live in is better than the world we, we've we come from. But in a lot of ways, we still got a lot of work to do. It's, it's still not acceptable, you know? We could be doing a lot better, but... I don't. People don't want to do better. They just want to make money and, and be comfortable. So.
0: just like it said in the movie Notorious, before we can
1: change the world, we have to change ourselves. As long yeah, as we at least. Hmm? I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Uh, you, you, I know you're calling your movies. I know me. And you both got a love, a love thing for Leo DiCaprio. But <laughs> what's your favorite movie again?
0: My favorite movie is The Departed, with Leo, Leo right? DiCaprio.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: why is that your favorite movie? Well, The Departed is my favorite movie beyond the amazing, legendary director Lawrence Scorsese, mm-hmm. the incredible cast. Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jack Nicholson, Matt Damon. Um, Mark Wahlberg, incredible cast, but it's just an interesting story about identity. Like, the movie's about a cop in the mob and a mobster who's a cop. Right. And the identity's being stolen from it, from doing that. They're not themselves. And are you able to, you know, can you be yourself even in the worst situations? And I just, you know, I, hit, I felt that. And I think I forever feel that. Even though, spoiler alert, the movie doesn't really end on a happy note. I think it does make that important question. About your identity and how much it really is important being yourself for that, because people have their identities taken, whether like forcefully, unmorally, or even some people have to lose their identities for work. I think that movie is important to remember how important you are as an individual.
1: I think that's something that you should apply that can be applied to life and you should apply your life, you know?
0: That's what the best thing about having this brand being grown is that we are individuals who have our potential. And I get it, not everyone will. Right. We have to at least hit go for it. We have to go for it. Or at least, you know, this might be corny, but 50 cents get rich or die trying. When I first heard that, I thought that was just, oh, that's a cool way of life moving around. And then I'm thinking like you know, when we just talk about getting rich, I know that's a million things. You could talk about literally getting rich. You could talk about mm-hmm. metaphorically getting rich. But, and as I say to my parents, it's still pushing through trying to get this podcast growing and get out. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this so I'm dying, trying, not saying like anything's going to happen or nothing. God forbid, I pray every day and thanks that God has my heart beating. But um, I just really believe in pushing your potential until your last breath and that isn't, you know, let that keep going, you know? Right. Yeah,
1: yeah. And that's something you apply to whether you're trying to, you're talking about Valentine's Day and talking to girls, whether it's like politics, whether it's your career and stuff like that, that's something you can carry and apply in all of those situations, you know? And I remember, I forgot what it was called, but I knew your movie was like The Departed or something like that. I know what mm-hmm. happened. But like, yeah, that's and you. I remember you telling me why that was one of your favorite movies, and that's why I asked you that question because I think it's something that you. It says a lot, you know. what I'm saying like identity and you know, like who you want to be and who you are, you know, and whether that's when you're in a relationship or by yourself, whether that's like who are you and what kind of world do you want to live in? Do you want to be a person that like allows your world to crumble around you, or do you want to get involved and be out there? be a part of the reason that it changes, you know, for better or for worse, you know. These are things that we have to ask ourselves. We're all in our 20s, like, into late 20s now. And yeah, we still have the energy to fight for change and do stuff. You know, we're not fully complacent about time. Like Tupac said, once you get in, like, your 30s and 40s, like, that drive kind of leaves you, especially as a man. You're kind of more focused on providing for your family. You have other people to care for. But where we're at now, we're able to... Develop who we are, invest in that, explore that, and strengthen that. You know, I think that's what you're doing with this podcast. You know, I think that's something you um, do in different aspects in your life, whether you realize it or not. And it says it says a lot about who we are, who you're trying to be. And I think that's why people respect you, willing to help you out with this podcast, be a part of it, and um, invest in your dreams. You know.
0: Yeah, man, and I'm well, I'm on everyone's corner for their dreams as well. I really am. I genuinely believe we can. We can make you know if freak. It, we can make the most out of this world, even with the fucked up system that we have against it. At least if we fight a bat, fight back against it, we make it that the purpose. And um, I'll forever keep pushing that and hopefully inspire my guests and my listeners to to do that and understand that. Yeah, yo, yeah. yo. What's What's your favorite movie though, Dre?
1: The Titanic, hands down, no hesitation. Never gonna change. Titanic's the best movie I've ever made. Anyone who don't believe that can fight me. <laughs> Why is Titanic the best movie? Uh, well, first of all, I remember I saw that movie. I forgot when it came out. I think it came out 94? 97 it came out. 97. Okay, 97. Okay, I was I was six. 97? I was five. You watched it? <laughs> I
0: had the tape.
1: I had the VHS tape, yo. I used to carry shit around with me everywhere I went. Every sleepover I went just in case. someone was like, yo, what movie gonna play? Well, a long-ass movie, great-ass movie. But as a five-year-old kid, it was the first movie I seen titties in. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> first movie I seen titties in. Same here, bro. Same here. And, it was, and yo, yo, Kate, what's her name? Who's the girl? Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet. She was thick in that movie. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and a thick white girl is black man's kryptonite. You know, I didn't know it. That's a fact. It's explains so much. She was thick in that movie. And then, um, that's sound for everybody, yo. First off, it's funny. It's suspenseful. It's romantic. Um, it's about a boy that ain't come from nothing, and he get a girl. He like bag a girl like way out of his league. It's inspirational. You know what I'm saying? Um, and no black people die in this movie. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's why it's one of the best movies ever. Because like white people thought they were so slick talking about we don't want you on our boat. You know we wasn't good enough to be on y'all boat. And look at y'all, y'all sank anyway. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's 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 what it is. It's karma. So Titan is the best
0: movie. That's that's pretty real, authentic. Hearing that, man, I I uh, I gotta rewatch that, and that was something. You actually felt their love in the movie.
1: It's I don't know, I, I don't to fall in love with a girl on, on Thursday and be ready to die for her on Saturday. <laughs> I'm a little cautious about that, but <laughs> right, Rose? That's a that's a real life lesson, you know. You be out here doing the most for the girl, you know what I'm saying? You want to get locked up for her. you want to jump back on the sinkish. Well, she jumped back on the ship for him, too. So so that's what sucked. But she wasn't willing to share that boat, you know what I'm saying?
0: Man, that's that that steamy car,
1: huh? Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, they was doing their thing. They was doing their thing. So it's so it's all good. Rose gave it up to him in the back, back of the hootie. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Gave it her in the back of the teeth. That's the quote. I love that man. Uh, That's why I love you, Dre. Making things uh more clear. So, dude, we've been having it. This has been one awesome show, man. This has been great. Yeah,
1: yeah. I was worried. I didn't know what I was going to talk about, but I guess it, it came naturally. We always have good talks, you know what I'm saying? So
0: definitely, man. I hope you'd yeah. want to do this again. I'd love to have you on whenever because this this is exactly what I want.
1: Yeah, yeah, would be nice to do like a, a group, a group interview, you know what I'm saying? With, oh, Australia with uh Jake yeah. and Gabe. Yeah, you could do that, right? Or you could do like at like at the end of the season, you kind of see like a podcast from your viewers and see like do like a poll of like who they want like the five or three most like watched judges, or like yeah and do them all at once, you know what I'm saying?
0: This is a good idea, man. Whereas if we keep exactly. growing audience, we could find that, but we yeah. definitely have to ha- keep having you, Andre. This has been profound, man—real profound.
1: Right, 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 yo, right. I'm down. I'm about it, yo. Um, yeah. You do, uh, you know, one of my favorite podcasts or so, like interview like shows now is Hot Ones, right? I know you. Yeah, it. I love Hot Ones. I don't want you to bite off the idea, but you, you know, do something. Have and, a chicken wings. <laughs> like do some do some shots or whatever, you know, for hard. <laughs> Some difficult questions, you know, get get make a little fun, you know, you this gotta, is with this, you know, you be all right,
0: yo. One, one last profound question before we do our last part of the podcast, right?
1: All right, what's up? What's up?
0: What is the realest thing you've ever learned?
1: Honestly, like I said earlier, the realest thing I've ever learned is that all the adults that we look up to, whether you look at people in history, you know, what I'm saying like great historians or great leaders, or you're like their parents. Once you hit like 22, 23, you know, and you start doing the shit that they do, like you start drinking with your parents and like start talking to them a little bit more casually, you realize that these motherfuckers are the same as you. They just was they just started out before you, you know, like yeah, the Dells, you know, Donald Trump, like Joe Biden, they motherfuckers just like us, they just older, you know. We all all the same type, we all just like people trying to figure our shit out. That's, that's all it is. I think that's the realest shit ever um, to think about. You know, So when you look up to somebody and they seem so perfect, whoever your idol is, they be going through life just like you one shoe at a time, trying to figure their shit out. Trying to make it seem like they know what they're talking about when half the time they don't. So I think that's one of the realest things you could ever really come to grips with. Definitely, bro.
0: And can I ask last thing? What, what's the realest song you you ever heard?
1: Oh shit, bro! I like so many songs, dude. Ah <laughs> oh, man, and it's bad because like I know I'm gonna say one, and then I'm like, no, nah, that's not the one. Um, <sighs> what's your little song first? Give me time to think. Which Give me time to think. Hmm. And we could
0: go with multiple ones, man. You know, that's
1: a hard question. That's a hard question. That's math specific. But go ahead.
0: I love it, man. You know, that's a tough one. I'm looking. I really like yo. One pick I'm gonna do is Biggie's Juicy. When I really look at those lyrics, how poetic it is? Just a guy trying to get out of his shitty situation for the better. I think that's that's. It was all a dream, and I just start from there. Um, I think "Stairway to Heaven" for Led Zeppelin is pretty real, pretty deep. Um, you know, those those are the ones that come to mind. I'll probably think of someone of another one while I'm at it.
1: Um, Alright favorite song is a tough one. I can't do that. I can give you. I know for like my go to like one of my go to favorite albums. It's kind of annoying me now because it's it, it, always playing, so it's a little annoying. But I like it. Um, I love Chance the Rapper's Acid Rap. Yeah, there's some talk about some real stuff. <laughs> that's that's one of my favorite albums. And now because like it's not like a political album where like you talk about real shit the whole time back and forth, but there's so much artistry in it. You could tell that he really dedicated himself to his craft. Like he was having fun while making it. Yeah. Um, it was a fun album. It wasn't like bitch this, bitch that, bitch that. Right. It was really him like coming into his own. I think that's one of my favorite albums. One of my favorite artists right now is Joyner Lucas. You know, yeah. Evolution is a great album. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, I do listen to like Kendrick Lamar, Asap for those. Exactly.
0: Like- I was about to say probably the whole good kid, match city album, damn album to pimp a butterfly, man. That was all a good time. But we would bump, to pimpo butterfly that spring yeah, semester yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. those and this is something about a good song or even a great album that like takes you back it like really time it, like travels you through time a little bit it sends you back to a, a different time and place juicy is another one like i was maybe four or five six when he died and um yeah. whenever i heard that song like on repeat i was like this the early that was the soundtrack to my my childhood you know so like the 90s is always gonna be a, a great time of music for me i know absolutely like, the, the do it's crazy yeah. i have my nephew my youngest nephew turn turned 18. I think he turned, uh, I'm 28, so he just turned 18. And he don't know about, like, he knows about Biggie and Pac and all of them, but, like, he don't know. You know, like, this is, yeah. cool. looking at them like the Earth, Wind, and Fire type shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, hey, this is like, so good, though. <laughs> Yo, Fantasy's a great real song, man. Um, yeah, these they're still great, you know, you know, it can't be a classic, but it's crazy to think that, like, my nephews, who are like, is almost twenty now. He's never lived in a world without a cell phone or the internet. You know, so his world is so different than me, than mine. But like, I look at it and I appreciate it. Like that's that's some crazy.
0: Yo, you know what, Dre? I'm gonna give you three real songs, man. Like deep. Uh, I got some other ones that came to mind. Yo, okay. the B.G. Staying Alive.
1: Staying Alive is good. It's
0: actually about like gritty 70s New York. They're literally just trying to stay alive in the shit. I, I learned that. I learned in a BG's doc. How deep is your love? Would I really think about that? That is the best, most well, profound question you could ask in a relationship. How deep is your love?
1: That's, that's, that's real. That's a real one. These, How
0: much do you give a shit about this person?
1: <laughs> but this, that's a real question. I, I don't know. I think, I don't know. I think the I don't know. That's that's some real shit. I think that's a question of parents. I feel like you should ask some of our brothers who have kids. Because that's that's like, they say that's like having your heart outside of your body, you know? I think that's a pretty, that must be a profound experience,
0: you know? You know, it was crazy. I had a father on my friend, Will, he's younger than me. He told me when I saw my son for the first time, it was like, I felt, I don't have kids, but I felt when he said, it was like I knew him my whole life. I was like, damn, I felt
1: that. That's that's crazy. I've like, I don't have a kid. My, I, all my cousins have kids. I have a shit ton of cousins and they all have kids. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, for whatever reason, hasn't happened. But I just feel like they're the best parts of two people, you know what I'm saying? For better, like for better or for worse, they're the best and worst of you and like a whole new and a, and a whole new beginning, like a whole new like potential of like a whole new life. And I think that's there's so much beauty in that. There's so much beauty and like fear. And feelings and emotions and I feel like that's why when you hold the baby and it's, it's part of it came from you, I can't imagine what that would feel like. But I would imagine it'd be like one of the best ones ever. So. Ooh, that
0: must be man. You know, it's another real song. Is more than a woman. Also from uh, the BGs. That's just those are the ones that it's just like man. It just feel that if you see Star Night Fever, that was the winning song. It was just... Also. What? <laughs> also, Lose Yourself by Eminem.
1: Okay. These are just songs that get you in the mood. That get you hyped, right?
0: Like that Also get me hyped, but I think there's just legitimate good messages in it, too. You know?
1: Yeah, I guess. Usually in the kitchen, the making a sandwich to lose yourself. You know what I'm saying?
0: Because <laughs> I kept grinding. My, my didn't tell you, man. That's right. I did another dude. And then Lazarel the last real song, man. I just had this right here. Um... Uh, What was it? I remember one time I was down and you played me Jay Cole's "No One's Life Is Better Than Yours."
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's a real one too. And that's true. You know, J. Cole's another like great artist. You know, a yeah, of that say thought provoking things. It, those are the artists I really resonate with me, like Logic, Jay Cole, um, Kendrick. Like, yeah, it's this is a great, great artists. You know what I'm saying? So.
0: Absolutely, dude. And you know, just what, what were some of the realest movies you ever seen? Like any Denzel, the good Denzel, it's just, just spits facts, whether it's from, I, the one re-
1: favorite Denzel movie is Easily Training Day. Yeah. Easily Training Day. Um, I, I recently just watched uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh, how was that? My man oh my is God. Keith Stanfield. It was amazing. It was an, a crazy, a, Thought provoking, inspirational, and heartbreaking, like movie all at once, you know. Yeah. Really just grabbed my attention in a major way. Um, I recommend everyone watch it. You know, it's HBO Max, check it out, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's a really great movie. Great acting, too, by Lakeer Stanford and Dan Coolia.
0: Is Keith Stanfield just like, man, what a great, what a great face of the generation.
1: He just reminds, reminds me of Shaq every time I see him. Um. <laughs> Like, it's a little weird, but...
0: Um, so it was great acting, right? Yeah,
1: it was a great movie. It was a great you movie. You ever see Sorry to Bother You? No, but Scott has been trying to get me to watch that movie for, like, two years now.
0: It's on Hulu, man. Talk about real movies. I keep
1: forgetting about it. I keep forgetting about it. But um, I want to. I want to. Yeah, it's it's crazy because um, the movie, my biggest takeaway is that for some... You hear a lot of different, like, minorities or, like, racial groups. They're always talking about how they're like how black people in particular don't invest in their own communities or they don't invest in their people. They're always spending their money elsewhere, investing in other communities and they are always degrading and destroying their own communities. That's why they are where they are. But I think, especially if you see from like the 19, like especially like the 1950s, like post-World War II to like, the early seventies, black people were constantly fighting tooth and nail to reinvest in themselves. Even before then, like back on like the Tulsa massacres and stuff like that, a lot of different like shows like have been kind of touching um, bases with that or touching upon that a little bit more. There's been multiple time periods, I'll say even Civil War, where black people have tried again and again to invest in themselves and to build themselves themselves collectively, and at every given turn, they were thwarted or undermined. By the U.S. government because they were scared of the potential that they had collectively. So, um, from let's say 1920s to 19 like 60s, late 1960s, after years of being thwarted and undermined and like failing, after that you get like the the crack epidemic in the in the 80s, you know. And after they defeat us, like politically um and socially with civil rights and everything like that they poison our people in our communities and then after that they label them as criminals and then like all these things of like constantly being boarded again and again and now you see where we are as a people and 2000s a lot of us there's still a lot of great black communities out there but when i see black people you know I got tattoos and stuff like that. But when they mark up them, their faces with like logos or like money signs or emblems or nonsensical things and like they put go- their gold in their mouths instead of like the bank or invest in like their homes or like they're having multiple baby pa- mothers, like parents, uh, like kids in different states and countries in and out of jail, locked up, incarcerated. I see a sick people, you know, I don't see people who don't care about themselves. I feel like people who A, they know where they came from. They didn't have a good starting point. And B, all of our leaders have either, either been killed, assassinated or imprisoned, prison and they, there's no guidance, you know, and instead of like trying to educate those people to be better, they're labeled and punished for just trying to discover who they are as people, as artists, you know, just as like human beings, you know, and it's kind of sad, you know, but that's something that that movie kind of made me think about a little bit more.
0: Dude, it's, And that was the importance of making it uncomfortable to show the black community who they are and show their potential. And that's why the emphasis of promoting black business and showing black and having finally having black community show their stories without forcing some like nostalgia or keepsakes or cliches. You do it because it's a good story worth telling.
1: Right. 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 And we're we, we're all good stories we're telling, you know, collectively as as a people, as as a country, but we can't pick and choose the part yeah. wanna acknowledge, you know. We gotta, exactly. We gotta take we gotta shine light on all of it. And a lot of people have a hard time doing just that. So
0: you can't be afraid because they that's what's the culture is worth yeah. showing. Yeah, definitely. Man, this has been awesome. So freaking awesome, dude.
1: Nah, I really appreciate you having me on, you know what I'm saying? Not, not for nothing, it's good to catch up with you always, you know. Every time I see you, you're doing something different, thinking about something different, you know, and that, that's always great to see. That's mm-hmm. always an inspiration for me.
0: And that's why you always inspire me in pushing forward. And, you know, the next podcast, we got to talk about you going to Tokyo. We got to talk about the yeah. more hilarious Hartford memories and yeah. some real stuff there, too. But can we just do one last thing? It's called the Proudest Questionnaire. Ten real right. short questions, and right. um, I think I'm really gonna love this. So, Dre, cool. um, my first question. Yeah. What is your favorite word?
1: Favorite word? Yep. Probably fuck yo. To be honest, <laughs> I heard a lot. <laughs> so probably fuck.
0: Yeah, I that. Mean, uh, hilarious, dude. What is your least favorite word?
1: Uh, uh, Ah, my least favorite word. Huh. You know, I I don't know it's my least favorite word, but it's a word I can never fucking spell. Never fucking spell, and I it drives me nuts. You know how everyone just has that one word that they always spell wrong. Mm -hmm. It's unnecessary. I can never spell that word.
0: Unnecessary. You know you're right. I I fuck that up a lot too.
1: It's like it always I always fuck up on it, and it's like the simplest thing ever. I feel like, but so it'll probably be that one. Every time I was to type it or use it, I go like fuck, I hate this shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> ooh,
0: ooh, ooh, ooh. Yo, and this question, Dre, is a life question. But okay. tell me, Dre, what turns you on in this world?
1: What turns me, like sexual?
0: <laughs> Not quite, <laughs> but <laughs> it's like it's more just like what in life brings you the most joy? You know, Marcos, our friend Marcos actually said sex. So if you want to take that, sure. But I meant like,
1: <laughs> like that sex? Yeah, sure. Um honestly it's stuff like this uh meeting people and like talking to them and just having like a genuine like conversation you know and genuinely like being heard and and speaking and like hearing about someone else's like day i just love talking to people to be honest that's my thing i like i like social like i'm the shyest person ever believe it or not and i had to train myself to like talk to people that's why i say a lot of stupid stuff or like i speak out of my ass a lot this is how i kind of like break the ice because i do tip, i do really want to reach out and like talk to people but sometimes i'm scared and don't know how so i think like laughter is an easy way to kind of break the ice but talking to people excites me i like i like having a good conversation with someone
0: i low-key i mean i used to be a shy person too i don't know i just i just said fuck fear egg one day even though some days I still am nervous and scared and have important convos, I know that those are the convos we have to have. Right. What turns you off in this world?
1: Uh, okay, what turns me off is honestly, it's selfishness. Like, like when people are truly like selfish, self-centered, don't really care about other people at all. Like rude, like people, like things of that nature. Because I feel like it doesn't make sense to invest energy into that, but a lot of people do it. Like when people just go out of their way to be cruel and mean to people, like that, that really turns me off.
0: And fuck those people. For real, yeah. My next question, Dre. Um, What sound or noise do you love?
1: Peaks clapping. (laughs) Here you there. (laughs) It
0: sound like that, bro. You're right. I don't know. Uh, that's just a sound I could not get up. <laughs> but we, we know what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, <you know. laughs> yeah. What sound or noise do you hate?
1: Oh, I hate the sound mayonnaise makes, okay? like when Mayonnaise? You, I didn't know that made a noise. Up a dry mayonnaise. You're about to scoop that shit out and put it on your bread. Uh, your bread and honestly I don't hate mayo but I don't hate I hate it just for that sound like I don't I, like I, I have a little mayo on my sandwich but I fucking hate mayo just for the sound that it makes
0: absolutely <laughs> incredible dude incredible Um, now I guess you kind of answered this but I'll ask it again what is your what? favorite curse word oh yeah yeah fuck
1: fuck you know Netflix has that thing the history of swear words hmm
0: I gotta check that shit out. Um I saw like one show in passing, but you're right. I gotta I gotta pull it on. It's all
1: right, it's all right. Fuck is the best episode, but other than What
0: profession other than your own would you like to attempt?
1: Uh I like to be a radio host. Radio host, like, I don't know. Some people think I should. I'm funny and I should be a comedian. I think it's a lot of pressure in that. Like, I'll be a a good. Yo,
0: it's never too late, man. And you can come on the show anytime you want, dude. Anytime, man. Seriously.
1: I'd be down to be a radio host. I think that's cool. Play play good music, have good conversations, talk about things that's going on. I think that'd be a shoe one for me. I think that'd be perfect.
0: Yo, man, Dre, we just got to keep having you on this show for sure
1: yeah I got a face for radio you know what I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> I'm <down for> it.
0: <laughs> what profession would you not like to do
1: uh profession I wouldn't like to do um hmm, hmm. I'm willing to do. Uh okay. Honestly, it's okay, so um I hate being my so I was a waiter for some time. I hate being a waiter. I hate dealing with people's like <laughs> I, hate, I hate service jobs. I hate being a servant. A servant, but yeah. I hate service jobs. So any of those I really don't like doing. That's why like people don't appreciate them and they talk down on them, and I don't like that.
0: So they can all go to fucking hell, man. Yeah. My man. last question, Dre. If heaven exists. What would you like to hear God say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates?
1: Damn. Um, You did it. I love you. Like, I got you. That's it. That's
0: it. What a great answer. Dre, this was one of the best podcasts I ever had. This is one of the best combos I ever had. I've seen you with mean,
1: people, so I don't feel that special. No, I
0: said that to two people. Yes. Wait, let me change. Let me change. Dre, this yeah. is by this. Is, to use better words.
1: Yeah, let's see what you got.
0: This was Dre. I. Yeah, no, in all seriousness though dre this this was this was everything i hope for in a podcast i learned a lot i gained a lot and words can't describe how much i appreciate this how much i respect you and how much you mean to me bro thank you so much for giving me one of the best shows i've ever had and i hope we could do this again
1: yeah, no problem, man. I'm definitely down to do this again, man. I'm really proud of you. You're doing great things. You know, I already said all that throughout the week. Just keep up the good work, man. Don't be discouraged, Joe. Don't get distracted by the nonsensical things that are temporarily affecting you. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's relationships, whether it's your home status, whether it's where you live, those are all things that can change as long as you keep the mindset that they can. So you got this, man. You
0: got this too. I'm in your corner. I can't wait to do this again. God bless you, Drake. I love you, bro. And man, thanks for everything. What a great time.
1: No problem, man. Take care of yourself, man. One love, right?
0: One love indeed, man. With that, that is Dre Givens. Shouts to one of the best to ever do it. Have a good night, my friend.
1: All right, you too, man. Get some sleep. You know, that
0: really was... A profound experience. Not only catching up with one of my great friends in this world, but the fact that we just talked about so many important issues, important stories were said, sharing crazy experiences, both Dre and myself, and it just resulted in an incredible show. Thank you, Dre, for bringing your energy. Thank you for bringing in a real conversation. Love you, man. So, again, don't forget to check us out on the Productive Conversations podcast website. Go to app, sorry, go to ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com and check out all our exclusive content from every single podcast episode to all of the extra videos we've made for the show and also other fun videos I've made in the past. You can also check out my blogs, which is another thing I'm very passionate about. And check out my resume, too, if you producers out there need any help with anything. And don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms at Prod Convo pod on Twitter, at Productive Conversations Podcast on Instagram, at productive conversations on TikTok. And don't forget to check out our merchandise store. Go check out the merchandise merchandise store link on the episode description page, whether or not on the productive conversations podcast episodes on podcasting platforms or check us out on the description page in YouTube or go to com slash merchandise and get all your amazing merchandise thanks to our friends at Zazzle. So we have a special episode on Wednesday the 3rd. My amazing friend Chris Daly and then we're going to be back on Thursday as scheduled with the two hosts of the Word for Word podcast Dolo and Bars. So we have quite the week ahead. And check me out on the Hoop Therapy Podcast, the most recent episode where I talk about the Knicks and the NBA season up to this point with my great friends Sean Holloway and Danny Chaps. As they've been on this show before, I returned the favor and go in on their show for an amazing experience. Out now on all podcasting platforms. Check me also out on my appearance on the Word for Word Podcast. On the Word for Word Podcast channel on youtube or go check out the word for word link on facebook they're live every saturday night at 8 p.m over facebook my good friends dolo ren and bars and they'll be here on thursday two more big shows this week chris daly on wednesday dolo and bars on thursday but again thank you for tuning in for today's show with the incredibly inspirational Dre Gibbons. Man, what a great guy. What a great experience having him on. And I'll be back to see you all and talk to you, the greatest listeners and fans in the world who make this show possible. Thank you for tuning in. I love and appreciate you. And I will see you again in 48 hours. So see you on Wednesday and kill it on Monday and Tuesday of this week. I'm proud of you, and there are people who love you. Thank you to the greatest listeners in the world for making this all possible. See you very soon. Peace!